0: Hi folks, welcome to That Reminds Me Of, this episode we're talking about Riders of Justice by Anders Thomas Jensen.
1: Hey Doc, how are you? Um, And look, everybody, if you haven't seen our show before, this is the show where we watch films and we talk about the films that we were reminded of while watching them. It's spoiler heavy, so if that bothers you, go and watch the film first. Otherwise, stay with us. Baron, how are you, mate? Doing well, doc. Doing well. Uh, it's been a while, hey? It's been a little while since we did an episode. It has, it has. We've just been busy, busy boys, really, haven't we? Uh, both at work and at play. Absolutely. Um, and I think uh, we've mentioned before that we both work at the same, the same gig, the same cor- corporate gig. It's been busy. Um, it's just one of those times of years. Every now and again, it just gets crazy busy, and we both get swarmed. Uh, with work and uh, the things you want to do, the play, the fun, gets harder and harder to do. But we're kind of coming out of that now, I think. Yeah, a little bit. What drives me crazy is that
0: we're in lockdown in Melbourne at the moment. Uh, Sydney also in Australia is in lockdown. We've had it a lot better than other parts of the world, but at the moment we're yeah. kind of doing it a little bit tough. Uh, and But I like lockdown. I I, I like the, the concept of being home and being able to read books and and just enjoy myself but I'm being thwarted by just how <laughs> busy work is and it's 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 a real weird position I feel like I'm in a different he- headspace to the rest
1: of the the world the amount that you like lockdown is is a strange thing to me I mm. I don't get it but um I could imagine how frustrating it would be like if lo- if having that chance to have all your books around you you know, not have to do things out in the world, but actually have that time to be in your house. But then work comes along and just eats all of that time up and actually you're busier than you ever were before. That's frustrating. Yeah, it's crazy. I've always had this perverse desire
0: to be like locked up. Like um, in, in <laughs> this, maybe this is too early an episode to be revealing these types of things, but uh, you know, to be in prison or something where you have all of the choice taken away from you, and you you really can focus on your own thoughts and ideas and all that sort of stuff. I don't want to have to do something bad to get into prison. I don't think I'd like it there, but I like the fact of being constrained. Uh, and it's just really frustrating me that 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 this is, it's like I've been waiting for this moment all my life and and yet I'm so too busy to enjoy it. You can finally get that law degree you've always wanted. Yeah, I don't think I'd use it for that. (laughs) Uh, But (laughs) what's happening in your life? I think you've, you've, you've had some pretty cool things happening, not just at work, but in your, you know, your, let's call it play
1: life, but, um, perhaps your real life, I'll, I'll call it. Yeah, doc, or oddly, um, I think maybe because slightly because of lockdown, uh, I've been applying for things left, right and center. I've been, I've been putting feelers out into the world for, for my different various film projects. Um, and things are starting to come back. And you know, what it makes so clear to me is that, and it's obvious, I don't know why this needs to, you know, be even said, but like, unless you're putting, putting work out there or you're, you're trying, at least you're throwing your hat in the ring, nothing's going to happen. Um, and the more you throw your hat in the ring, uh, your chances just go up. The more likely that something will happen. So, um, and it's been working. So that's that's been um, that's been a really nice experience. Um, and the one that I can uh, tell you about now is that um, my feature film locked in that I've been working on for a while, uh, and has been optioned by a producer here in Melbourne, Kathy Rodder, who's a which, great. Which- which yeah. has nothing to do, mind you, with being locked in. No, it no totally. that's, a co-
0: that's a coincidence. Absolutely. Sorry. Maybe
1: that's why it's becoming popular. This idea all of a sudden because we're Maybe. all living it. Uh, anyway, we we put it in for development funding so that we could get some money to write another draft. And uh, this is with Film Victoria, and found out just recently that we've got the money. Uh, we that they, they want us to do a staged approach to it. So we'll do it. We'll do an out like an outline for the next draft, and then we'll do mm. the actual draft itself. Um, but it's. It's awesome. It's progress, you know. Uh, And Mm. this is my first time in Victoria kind of getting in with the local film agency. I've done a lot of stuff with with Screen West in Western Australia, but, um, you know, they didn't know who I was here at all. So uh, it's kind of cool, kind of cool to get get in there and be recognized and uh, get a little bit of money to help make the dream come true. Yeah,
0: I don't care much about the mechanics, but I've read the early... Early drafts, and it's a great script. So, like, I can't wait to whatever, whatever it takes to make it happen. <laughs> to get I'm it happy there. with,
1: yeah. Oh, I love it. Cheers, Doc. <laughs> I know. At this, it, uh, when you've done enough, when you've done so many drafts, at a certain point, it's just like, hey, let's just whatever it takes. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll get this thing over the line. Let's go. Well, as as a just a sideline to all this
0: mayhem in our work and play lives, has been Miff uh Melbourne International Film Festival's been happening or yes. well, happening not happening what ha, you know what does it look like type questions so it started off we were we were excited about you know a real life festival again because we were doing pretty well in Melbourne here with coronavirus and we really thought we'd be out in the cinemas enjoying it lapping it up getting our feet wet in the Melbourne puddles during the middle of winter things were on and the up and
1: up we were out we were in the they clear they were
0: they were <laughs> And then My it God. goes and gets you know we get a few cases and then it gets half cancelled then it gets full cancelled
1: and it goes full online, um, so <laughs> so anyway we had, I, I've we had to- so many screenings lined up we were gonna we were gonna hit yeah. at least I reckon five or six films together and then there were individual films that we were going to see all of that mm. all of that cancelled
0: yeah such a shame. Yeah. It was a bit of yeah, a bit of a disappointment, and we did we really did last year's MIF when we knew last year it was going to be online. Yes, it was kind of a different vibe, and I think we approached it with that mentality. And we we watched quite a few films and reviewed quite a few during that time. I from think memory. we
1: saw almost ten films. Am I right? Is that right? Because mm. we we had actually just started this podcast. It was I think maybe we had done less than ten episodes, and then MIF came along. And we decided to go hard over those two weeks and see as many films as we could reasonably, um, and record as many as we could as soon after the film came out as we could. That was the that was the plan, and yeah. you know we did I think okay. We got through quite a few. Yeah, we we, we were young and fresh then. <laughs> we uh, were. <laughs> we were flying by the seat that of our
0: pants. Old and jaded. I've got a pot belly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, we've, we've changed quite a bit since then. We've matured. Uh, anyway, well, well, let's let's segue straight into the film that we're looking yep. at. because we, Which has nothing we... to do with
1: myth. <laughs> no, yes, it does. What are you talking about? Oh, of course. Sorry. No, of course you are. You're right. You're right. What am I talking about? Here I am beautifully organising oh, my segues between it.
0: topics. Bloody uh, hell. But even though we haven't seen – neither of us have seen many films in the in the online program, but this is one we couldn't possibly not see and we both agreed it was top on our list, and that is Writers of Justice uh, directed by Anders Thomas Jensen but importantly um, starring
1: Mads Mikkelsen, who we Mads. love. Mads. Oh, Mads. I know. And, you know, earlier this year we saw a film called Another Round starring Mads, mm. also a Danish film, um, and, man, I just – I'm just – growing such a soft spot for this whole little cinema bubble that i don't think i really understood before like i'd seen the hunt we talked about that but Mm. that's about it so but it's just not not just
0: mads and i think we're i think we're pronouncing him incorrectly i think it's something like i think it's a silent d which i don't even know how to cope with you know but But so (laughs) we're gonna stick with mads
1: but you know i can't figure that out yeah, let's just asterisk it, and yeah, we'll and just, know, let's, let's know. just let everyone know that we know that we're getting this wrong. Yes, yeah. but it's okay. uh, for
0: convenience. It's easier to say mads. Yeah, it's fun to say yeah. mads. It's great. Um, but I'm falling in love with Denmark, I think, or Den- Danish people, or just mm. their minds, because you've got you've got him. You've now got you've got the director Anders Thomas Jensen, who I've looked at his back catalogue. I haven't watched much of it yet, but clearly he knows what he's doing, and he's a a writer of some renown. Uh, at at think, least, let I alone. I think we director. need to
1: watch more of his films after this oh, one.
0: Crikey, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you've got all, all of my favourite actors. They're, they're they're male ones, interestingly. So uh, that's another sub conversation. But um, Mads Mikkelsen, Viggo Mortensen, the guy from Game of Thrones, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the main guy. Like he's really.
1: Good guy. Um, <laughs> He's a really and- <laughs> good guy. <laughs> Nikolai, some... Oh, jeez. He's so good. Oh, no, no. so cool. I've just drawn a blank. Sorry. Wait, are, we, are we talking about the wildling, uh, orange, sort of red-haired, bearded guy that's... Or... Um, oh, is he Danish? Is he Danish too? I don't know. I'm, I, which which guy from Game of Thrones are we talking about that's, that's um, Danish? Oh, Christ. Oh, that's all right. This is yeah. a, a little side rabbit. Hole that we have to okay, suddenly let's, figure our way let's, through. Jo- let's Joe Rogan
0: it and get it up on. yeah the, I
1: like on. that I like that but okay no but the guy from but the guy from with the with the red beard who's the who's the wildling the like north of the wall guy he um, yeah he, well, he's he was great. in he was in force majeure right so but that's with no don't worry no, I don't he know was, where he's from you, but
0: You're right. That that's also not Danish. That's not Danish. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> that goes my whole
1: theory. <laughs>
0: <laughs> However, it's it is. Uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but that that comes into my the 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 films that oh. it reminds me of oh. actually. Oh. Um, okay. Because uh, that's Reuben Ostlund. Yes. Is the is the director of that, and I feel he's almost in the same bubble. Uh, that, of he could just, just yeah. You've got, I've always loved Hannah Kay, who's there somewhere as well. Yes. <laughs> Ausland. Yes. Um, yes. And now Anders Thomas Jensen, Thomas Vinterberg. Vinterberg, you know, yeah. From, from Another Round. Um, and The Hunt that we
1: talked about And The Hunt. Earlier. Yeah.
0: There's just a whole lot of good stuff going on around that
1: region. There's some good, so sh- good North European vibes happening here. Just smart filmmakers mm-hmm. who are create making unexpected films, you know, like these are not Hollywood films. Uh Jamie Lannister is the character in Game of Thrones
0: and the actor is nico Nicolaj Nicol Nikolai yeah Costa- yep, Waldo. Yep. Would would a, never
1: have known that he just wasn't just a Brit. That was that's what I thought. There you go. He he's a ripper. He's wow. a ripper. There you
0: go. Okay. So I just I love I love Denmark now and I just want to get there. Um yeah. Anyway, so, Writers of Justice. Yes,
1: back where to do, the film. Where do we start? Should we give a synopsis? I reckon yep. we cheat cheat on it and just say what IMDbD says. Yep. Yep, let's do that because um, we've discovered that's – so, two things. That's faster, but also if it's crap, we can make fun of it. So, yep. it's good, right? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Do uh, you want me to go? Yeah, you, you, you do it. Okay, so, Marcus, uh,
0: played by Mads, a deployed military man military man, has to go home to his teenage daughter, Mathilde, when his wife dies in a tragic train accident. It seems to be plain bad luck, but it turns out that it might have been a carefully orchestrated assassination, which his wife ended up being a random casualty of.
1: <laughs> not, That's not the, not, not not the, the great well. The... <laughs> <laughs> but it tries to sum up the story. It's a, it's a noble effort.
0: Here we go. Our synopsis, uh, synopses have been some of the worst <laughs> ever written.
1: I know. Or and ever that... spoken. They've not been written. but True. And and, and now, because, now because we're doing this, we can flip it and just <laughs> criticise other people's attempts. Great. Yeah. Great. Why wouldn't we do that? That a... just makes sense. <laughs> There's another take
0: on it that's just okay. worth um, adding. So, this is under the storyline. It's subheading storyline on our IMBD. Marcus goes home to his teenage daughter, Mathilde, when his wife dies in a tragic train accident. It seems like an accident until a mathematics geek, who was also a fellow passenger on the train, and his two colleagues show up. Isn't it interesting? Like, you only get a couple of sentences, and what you choose
1: to focus on in those sentences is so important. It's the hardest thing ever. It's the hardest thing ever. Whenever I have to write a log line for one of my projects, I just spent hours and hours and days and days just fretting <laughs> yeah. over it and it's still crap at the end of that process so yeah maybe not. maybe we need a whole episode on log lines and synops- synopses
0: <laughs> yep and just compare them
1: yep I anyway so.
0: that's one of our longer introductions to an episode i, I think but i'm keen to hear from you mm. what did you think about this movie uh how many stars?
1: How, 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 what out of 10? We, well, we don't do that normally, but um, I love this film. I freaking mm. love this film. Okay. I, I was, I just, you know, when you, so when you go to a MIF, uh screening or when you're watching something at Myth, you you know that you're in for a festival film and it could go any one of multiple ways. Like it, it could be very artsy and weird. Um, it could be, you know, quite tame it could just be like you know a bit of a a drama for elderly people you just don't (laughs) know what you're getting um but this one oh my god just on every level so cool it's on the surface a revenge flick that you know Liam Neeson should probably be starring in but instead you get this wonderful Danish take on it that's just so full of depth and dark humor and it's just great I loved it loved Mm. it what about you, Doc? Yeah. Well, it's a masterpiece, I think.
0: Uh, and I'm trying to think any of any films that I like more than this one. Honestly. <laughs> oh wow! I love it. I really, really loved it. I wrote down Danish Liam Neeson, which is probably I'm not the first person to have to have written <laughs> that down.
1: Well, that's what I wrote down as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: pretty obvious. Um, yeah. But no, I, I loved it on just so many levels. I'm keen to just dig into it and um, talk about the stuff that we liked. So maybe just straight off the
1: well, bat, what what did you? What's one of the well, top points? Absolutely, like that's something worth noting, though, right? Danish Liam Neeson. Everybody's going to think it, right? That's what's mm. so clever about it. They're playing on a genre and all the cliches and tropes of that genre, and then flipping it on you. So you're ex- you're because you can't help it, right? When something goes down like this, you just you just can't wait for that Liam Neeson character to go there and kill everybody. Like, that's just part of it. That's what a revenge film is, and it's going to be horrible when he does it, but you're going to feel good yeah. about it on some level because they had it coming, yeah. right? But this just won't let you you really feel that, you know? Like, it's sort of... Every time it's heading that way and you're excited about it, they'll just, you know, you get something so unexpected come out of left field... Uh, and just so many human moments throughout the whole thing i just thought on so many levels that's just it's so smart like so so smart and it's also because it's playing on that revenge genre it'll probably appeal to a much wider audience than your average danish film would you know like it might cut through quite nicely into um western audiences around the world yeah that's a really really good comment you're right because it's
0: because people go in expecting one thing and that's what gets their, gets the bums on the seats. Yeah. Uh, and then they are forced to see something different and a bit artistic and gentle at times and crazy at others. Um, it's really, really great. And I was I was um, thinking about just how much it breaks convention and how annoyed I get actually about movies and movies. Uh, Books and everything that just follow genre conventions too closely, uh, and and
1: this one just did whatever it felt like at, at different times. Uh, you absolutely you you you're making me jump around my notes because I had them all in some like nice order that I expected I was gonna you know. Work <laughs> I didn't to mean I didn't
0: mean to to lead with that actually, but um we can we can jump into genre if you think that's time.
1: Well, I can't even find my note here, but what I think. What that's reminded me of, and what I was trying to, what I was ended up getting to, was that, you know, when you have a Hollywood formula that everybody understands, like we've mm. seen a million of them, um, from Die Hard through to Taken through to whatever, right? We 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 know what these films are. Um, when they come out, they have to be a perfect execution of that film. Now, because mm. we've seen a million of them, right? We know what they're meant to be. If they're wrong. If they're a bit off, you've just you're like no, nah, this film's this film's shit. You know, I've already seen I've already seen Liam Neeson do that way better. You know what I mean? But this film, uh, it's because it's subverting the genre, and it's a bit weird. It's like you stop being picky. at very quickly. You're just like mm. whoa 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 whoa. What's happening? Wait a second, and because everything's coming at you, and and you're you're kind of taken off guard a little bit, um, you're able to just enjoy the ride, which is so rare in 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 film, especially when we're talking about genre and mm. there's all these expectations around what genre should be. I yeah. think that's just that's a blessing, man. Like it's such a nice thing to be able to just sit back, off guard, and enjoy the whole film. Yeah, completely. Yep, I, I
0: think what one of the one of the things I liked best about it was was how it explored character and how it developed character. I know we're jumping mm. around here, but the the economy with which, say, Mad Mikkel- Mads Mikkelsen's character was developed was to me extraordinary. Like the you've got you first see him in context in the war, then you see him get the, the you know ha- you have it have a bit of an interaction with his wife then gets the news that she's been killed mm. uh, on the plane you see his hand shaking and then again i think when he's looking seeing her body his hand shaking again and you can just intuit so much of who he is from all of that without any words being spoken and that's just that
1: character and you can say the same for all of them they're all um, brilliant yeah it, it's it, it, in terms of like an oddball bunch of characters, which is what we have here, because mm. um, we've got Mads, who's like the marine, basically. He's the highly trained soldier, and then you've got a group of three um, nerds of sorts. But like, one's a programmer, one's a what's um, what does the guy do? Who's who's into the whole coincidence theory? Like, what's that? He's a
0: Kind of mathematician. I think he's a mathematician type guy. Yeah.
1: Okay. So you've got him, who sort, and he's kind of like the main, the main guy. Um, yeah, that's o- Otto. Otto, um, uh, and then you've got his mate, who sort of um, rubs the programmer up the wrong way all the time. Um, who's uh, he's 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 like another mathematician, but he's um, you know just been he's been abused as a child and he's, you know, highly, like, well, he's high strung. Just everything's like a, a, an issue with him. Um, and the three of them are just such a great combination to throw up against Mads, the Mads yeah. character. Like it's, it's genius. And, and yet, and what's beautiful about it is that you've got Mads and his daughter who are now without a mother and a wife um, and kind of alone in the world, suddenly thrown in with these three oddballs, and they become this weird family unit. I think I think those three characters are the are the core of the film. As much as I love
0: Mads, I really love him, and also his daughter was great. Her boyfriend was great, and a lot of those other characters were great. Those three guys are so pivotal to this film. I think they are the the film. Really, it's it's what is it? Otto, Lennart, and what's the other guy's name? Emmentala? Emmentala. Emmentala. Um, I'm saying that wrong probably, but yeah. Oh, we're, we're saying everything wrong. Let's just, <laughs> let's just live with it. But those three, just the way that their characters are just slowly by degrees built up, like you get to know them just, you know, slowly, slowly, like Otto, for example, um, starts off in the corporate environment uh, delivering a, a pitch to some, you know, wanker corporates and I think we can uh empathize with that. Um and then you, you get a bit of his his personality there. Then you go into his home and you see the pictures on the pictures in his apartment suggesting a backstory. You see that his arm is not working quite right, so he's had some issue there. Um and and his his storyline just evolves to the very end when it it's only right at the end that you know his full, you know, um What would you already call it? Arc, yeah, arc story arc, hundred percent. And it's the same with
1: his, you know, the the other two, uh, exactly the same. I I just loved it. That's what makes this film. It's it's great characters, great characters, great character writing, Mm. Um, and there's and it's this this theme of of coincidence is. Woven through the whole film, and it starts with him, as you're saying, trying mm. to trying to pitch to these corporate guys who just will never get it. That he's that they've created this algorithm that you know will help them determine um, what's going to happen in the future, so that you could actually figure out you know beyond this idea of coincidence what people are going to do. Um, mm. And it's just this it's this beautiful laying down of the theme that then becomes. You know, this obsession, you know, when the train accident happens and the mother is killed, you know, they um, there's a obsession that grows out of that about, you know, was it coincidence or was it because I did this or because that was that happened right at the beginning of the film or this or that, you know, and um, he has this beautiful speech partway through the film where he says you'll never you'll never be able to figure it out. You can go back and back and back, but you have to consider all of these elements and you know it's, it's impossible so what's the point it's kind of beautiful
0: it is beautiful and it's, it's rare that you get a thematic through line through a film that is so perfectly executed yeah like there, there, there's so many themes throughout it but that one is a central one and you're right it's got the that 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 speech was beautiful when otto gives that it was it was towards the end i think in the latter third yeah thank you right um, yeah uh but the, the interesting thing was, for the bulk of the film, it was as if they had uncovered, you know, through this genius of algorithm, uh, the actual truth, you know, <laughs> right. and the whole film was based on this this truth, a conspiracy, and, and, and that you, you really are forced to believe that and buy into it for the sake of the film. Yeah, um, yeah. And this is a spoiler... But we're known for spoilers. But then that completely, completely unravels. So the whole, the whole purpose of the plot unravels. The whole motivation <laughs> of the characters unravels. Your viewing experience unravels, yep. and it's no longer Liam Neeson taken. the 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 whole foundation has has come apart because actually,
1: it's not true what they were. What it's, they were. Exactly. It's not justified. And if, you don't, if it's not justified, then Liam, Liam Neeson going on a rampage, killing everybody, just suddenly makes him look like a complete psycho. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so beautiful. I love it. I love it. And you know what else is clever about that, uh, that idea of coincidence is that, you know, all of these films, no matter how good they are, there's always going to be a couple just ridiculous coincidences in them. You know, like, mm. oh, you happen to run into that guy just at that moment. Oh, yeah. But yeah. like this, because this is the theme of the film, every little thing that happens just becomes a strengthening of of this theme. It's just so clever. Yeah, it's marvellous. Yeah. It's,
0: mar- it's marvellous. Yeah. Uh, just on character development, I've got to just spend a moment on uh, that Lennart character and the the moment that really told me this was a great film and it's probably something that a lot of people have picked up on, I suspect. But when he went into that so Lennart is the is the mate of Otto, the sort of crazy one with the longer hair. And
1: he he <laughs> Who who looks like the guy from Queen? Does Did he you catch that joke? There was like when <laughs> One of the guys says when he's trying to identify him, he's trying to ex- <laughs> describe this this character. He's like, he looks like the, uh, you know, one of the, I think it's like the bass player from Queen or something. <laughs> yeah, it's that so sounds good. right.
0: <laughs> but, you know, when he's forced into uh, pretending to be a psychiatrist and he's got so much experience that he knows how to play the role perfectly. Mm-hmm. And then he just drops in in the middle of the session this stuff about his backstory of being abused as a kid by his uncle and yeah. and and this sort of thing, and yeah. that I, I just the writing in this film is just some of the best that I've ever experienced. It's so so succinct and powerful, and that was just one that just thrown in there, and yeah. um, and and yeah. in in that that the whole scene was not about him. It was about other stuff. It was about the girl about. Everything else, but then, in the middle of it, you get this little gem that
1: says so much about his character, and the layers are just amazing. Mm-hmm. I totally agree, and the whole thing is you've got these you've got these guys who are coming together um, and becoming a family of sorts, and are so open, almost because they've they've been, I guess, because they've been at the bottom of the social rungs for so long that that they're basically just completely open about all of the most painful, horrific things that have happened to them mm. in a way that you never hear people being. Um, and it's just okay. It's just like family talking to each other about you know all the awful things that have happened in your life. And and everyone kind of just takes it on the chin and keeps going. It's, it's, a, it's a bizarre and wonderful thing. But it's such a great way to get all this great character through, you know? Yeah.
0: It's a funny thing with outcasts. And uh, people that are, you know, not quite just the homogenous, you know, normal person, mm. <laughs> and just how, just I-, I love how that it's presented that these people are different and unpredictable, and oh, we're all we are all, all that. Like, that's that's just human and real. It's true. Uh, yeah. But, but but often, often in film and in fiction and in you know art. Um, we've we we go back to kind of Joseph Campbell type archetypes uh, rather than complexities, you know. Mm. And yeah.
1: this 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 um this broke a few molds. Well, it's kind of doing both too, isn't it? Because it isn't they, they are archetypes of the sort. Like they're, they they mm. are cliches in a way. Like at a glance, you know who these guys are. All yeah, of true. Them. Um, however the what you was what is revealed about them is not at all the is not at all that. Yeah. And the film is that as well. The film's a, a cliche at a glance, but it's not at all that when you once you get into it. It's great. Yeah, that's well said. Yeah. Um
0: And how, how about the book ending of it? I could think this um just to perhaps finish our discussion explain yeah, explain of, the, book of the film, you've got it's almost a rom com bookend in a way <laughs> where it's it's a gentle Christmas sort of <laughs> uh, well, well the 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 start of it is not Christmas but it's it's an old guy and he's perhaps his granddaughter or something uh, looking looking at bikes for Christmas um, for a Christmas present and then that comes around at the end and the theme is presented again uh, I haven't explained that very well but this mm. this this very soft, uh, book ending of the whole narrative, which I liked.
1: I thought it was great. Do you, do you agree? I, I I loved it because it really reinforces that that theme of um, coincidence, and that, you know mm. you, it, it, it drives home this idea that there's really nothing that any of these people could have done about this. You know, it just it just happened all the events unraveled because of a random thing. A girl mm. didn't like the, the the blue color of the bike or the red or whatever it was, and she wanted a different color. So that that started a chain a chain of events. It's just such a cool, mm. simple bookending idea of this. That's just great. So so fun. And, it, and you're it right. The- it is gentle compared to everything else that happens.
0: Yeah, and it gives you a gentle finish, which is, mm. which is nice for such a, a violent film at times. Yes. Uh, but, and it makes also the film itself seem like a little vignette, like just one little thing that happens in the world yeah. alongside many
1: other things. Um, it gives it a quality of a parable, you know, like it's got yeah. this sense of, oh, deep th- things have happened, <laughs> you know, <That's... laughs> basically off the back of this one little tiny moment. It also gives um, uh, what's his name Anders, the director,
0: mm. has three cracks at an ending in a way, because um, there's there's one ending where uh, Mads Mikkelsen is basically going off to die <laughs> after being shot, and he I love how he he finds a quiet private spot behind a tree, yeah. like even that reveals a lot of his character with yeah. his daughter. I was reminded of the road when the yeah. uh, you know the father and the son were kind. Of, the father was dying with the son there, great. Um, and yeah. and that feels like the end, and it feels like a tragic end. Then all of a sudden, you've got sort of the Christmas winter sweater uh, <laughs> ending, yes. which which follows it when everything turns out great. <laughs> um, and what's his name? Um, Emmentaler is playing the, the tuba.
1: Uh, I can't, yes, the French horn. That's right. He gets yeah, a French yeah. horn.
0: Yeah. And then you've got the bookend ending with the, you know,
1: turning to the bike theme and the, you know, um, this yep. is just one story of many. And sometimes when you have multiple endings like that, it's it's actually it feels like the writer doesn't know what they're doing. But in this case, you know, yeah. op- the complete opposite of that, you know, it feels perfect. It feels completely on point. Um, were there any other, I think we've mentioned quite a few we've talked about, you know, well, you mentioned the road just now, Liam Neeson taken any other things that you were reminded of while, while watching this film. I have a couple. Do you have a couple as well? Um, I only got, cause I think we've talked about another round, which is another one. Um, I only have one extra, so you go first. Okay. Well, I'll start and this relates to another round. Cause I think another round
0: is a great reference in itself mm. because it's got <laughs> mads mickelson and a host of uh you know 40 something mates yes uh getting into some mischief and
1: uh, and it's also so... a beautiful film in that same kind of vibe of the yeah. danish style that we're getting here that, that's right. But I'm going to
0: reference, I think, the same film that I might have referenced when we talked about Another Round, and that is another Thomas Vinterberg film called Dear Wendy, which is about a, a, a collection of, of young misfits who come together as pacifists, but get absolutely enthralled by guns. So it's pacifists with a love for guns, and that ends violently. Uh, and they're the same they've got the same sort of vibe of these guys where they're you know just a little bit NQR <laughs> and uh, but but relatable, uh, you don't know what they're gonna do. They're all on the edges of society and but they've got good intentions. but then through you know just being absorbed by themselves, they end up committing horrific acts. And it was really, really similar. Thematically, and this was a great movie, dear Wendy. It's one of my favorites, and I only watched it due to
1: you know the fact that we saw another round. Wow, I need to, I need to see it. I need to see it. I still haven't seen that film. Um, You know, talking about uh, another round, I noticed while I was doing a little bit of research just before this, just before we got on here, that that there's another round rebooted on IMDb, and I don't, and I have this horrible feeling. That what we're talking about is an American remake of of another mm, round. No, don't don't tell me that. That's. <sighs> I just well, hope it's not. <laughs> I really hope. I mean, I can't I can't imagine a sequel to another round. So I, you know, I don't know what that would even be. But, um, what else could this thing be? Anyway, it's on it's on there. Vinterberg's down there as the director for it. Interesting. So we we, we shall see. I'm hoping.
0: I'm hoping, that it. It's referencing the fact that another round was actually a short before it was a feature. Ah, uh, okay. So oh, yeah. it could be that the
1: reboot is the one that we've seen and we haven't seen the the short. This is I'm, a new title. This is something we this is something new coming out in you know, it's in pre production. Wow. Yeah. Well it look, let's let's be honest. It's it's
0: ripe. It's right <laughs> it's it's ripe for Will Ferrell and
1: and uh, Mark Wahlberg or Johnny Wahlberg. Oh my Wahlberg. god, could you imagine? <laughs> oh Jesus. Anyway, yes, you're right, it is. Now, uh, who
0: would you who would you cast? It'd be uh, oh. Will Ferrell and the guy from Parks and Recreation, I reckon. Um Steve Carell. <laughs>
1: no, no. Are you any any one of several could be? <laughs> any one of these guys. Yeah, no. Nah, no. Nah. well yeah, Steve Carell would be like the straight like the, the tight knit sort of dude who Let's loose. Anyway, um, no. Let's you- not. Let's hope this never happens. Let's let's hope that. Um, what do you What do you got? A film that sort of came out um, out of the UK, and it reminded me of this one because it just sort of took everyone by surprise. Lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. That's one of your favourites from memory. Oh, it's it's up there. I love that film. What I think works with that film is that you've got a similar group of quirky characters. Um, it's a gangster film. But, you know, Guy Ritchie makes gangster films like like no one else. So you don't, you know, it doesn't hit any of the tropes the way you think it's going to. And when, particularly Lockstock, when it came out, everybody was like, oh, what is this? Like, this is yeah. new. This is completely new. Um, and so I was just reminded of that a little bit because that's what, that's what we're getting with this film. We're getting a revenge flick with a totally new twist on it. And because it's not English an English-speaking film, I think it won't you know storm the world like Lockstock did, mm. but it'll get some attention definitely yeah. and there'll probably be a horrible American remake of it. <laughs> you know th-
0: this is what craps me in a way like the the fact that you watch this and it's got all the elements of any good I don't want to say art house but I, I mean just independent, film and yep. it's just well done because you know when you get someone with a bit of creativity and artistry generally they'll take a different route mm. with stuff and it's just that this one's so beautifully and successfully done and the fact that it hooks you in with the fact that you think it's a Liam Neeson thriller yeah it's gonna catch everyone's attention and I'm just worried that then you get everyone else trying to mimic you know this sort of stuff and sort of tone down the
1: you know the the novelty of it in a way. Yes, well, I can say so there was one other thing that I was reminded of um quite strongly was we've talked a lot about Korean cinema mm. and you know Danish cinema I'm discovering has this, has a similar sort of sense of un, the unexpected and quirkiness mm. that comes through with these characters. And um no one yet I don't think has has even attempted to really sort of crack into that what that magic of Korean cinema, maybe mm-hmm. Danish cinema will just be the same. It'll just be that thing that's it got its own little magic that comes from that part of the world um, that will remain its own thing. And I really hope so because it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. The, the interesting thing, of course, and this is how
0: influence works, is I, I listened to an interview with uh, the director, Anders, Anders Thomas Jensen, Mm. And his influences were all American cinema, so he grew up on Star Wars and all this <laughs> sort of stuff. So, isn't that weird that you know that yeah. that's if you if you trace it back, the real inspiration comes from America, yeah, and and then it gets you know imported to other other places, and then they do their own it thing gets inspired. filtered
1: through their own culture, which is great, yeah,
0: and then potentially comes back and maybe. Yes. That's where you know the force majeure re, re, um, remakes. Um, <laughs> may, maybe they're out. doing. Maybe it's a you know. Maybe it's a,
1: a social good that that. Comes, I think it's a social good. Absolutely, you know. like I think if you can take an American sort of thing like a revenge flick, mm. and then put it like sort of completely twist it up and mangle it and make it beautiful again, like it like revenge flicks probably were when they first happened yeah. and push it back out into the world that's just a a wonderful service to be giving to to the to the planet <laughs> yeah yeah mm. i got one more um, awesome and
0: uh we've mentioned force majeure and we've mentioned the director Ruben Ostland and i'm sure i've i've given this as a as a reference before uh, but it's just one of my favorite films and it's called involuntary by Ruben Ostland and it's it's a a movie where there's several stories where the where really full-on things happen to the characters and the thing i love about it is that then no one knows how to react to those things so it's um oh it's just just throwing crazy stuff out there and both as the characters in the film and you as an audience have to really struggle with what what am i meant to to feel or think, is this a a major thing that's happened or is it just some inconsequential thing? And I thought that really came through with this one in, in moments like uh, Mads throws Otto out of the car, you know, and bas- basically leaves him for dead. Mm-hmm. Like what are the characters meant to be thinking there and what are we as an audience meant to be thinking? We like Mads and now he's just... A set, potentially killed his mate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and
1: he doesn't stop and go back like you're expecting he's going to. He just keeps yeah, driving.
0: He just keeps driving. and, and, and that, But that happens in life where, mm-hmm. you know, if just occasionally you're confronted with these sort of full-on things, it might be someone on a train that, you know, gets out a knife and wants to attack someone. I, I don't know. We've all had minor versions of this where, where life has just become like more unusual for a moment. Absolutely. Yeah. And and you have to think, oh, how do I what's the appropriate reaction to this? Um and that th- that came in really clearly in um uh right what's it called? Writers of Justice. Um, <laughs> what but, is this film again? Yeah. <laughs> but in Involuntary by Ruben Osland, it was almost the the main theme of the film, just several yeah. little vignettes where you just can't work
1: out how to you know what the reaction should be. That's like an auslan special, isn't it? Inexplicable human behaviour, just things mm. that you know that just that we do randomly when we don't know how what what to, how to react, or mm. we just react in completely the wrong way. And <laughs> yeah, it's great. He's a, yeah. he's a
0: great director, and even Force Majeure is a bit of a reference in a way. Yeah, because like it's you've got this m- momentous event that happens, and then all. In mm. in feature length, you see what the you see people trying to come to terms with it, um, and this is the same momentous event, and then
1: you know just the aftermath of that. Great point, yeah, mm. completely. Well, I think we have hashed this one out. We've probably jumped around from the beginning to the end, to the middle, yeah. to theme, to whatever character, all over the place. But we got through it. We got through it, and I think. It's clear that we both love the hell out of this film. Um, And I would... This is one of those ones that I would just tell anybody and Mm -hmm. most of them wouldn't listen um, because (laughs) it's a Danish film. But I would say you you have to see this film. Go see it. Go see it. I know it's Danish. You're going to have to read subtitles. But do yourselves a favor. Go and see this film. It's just great. It's one of those standouts. Yeah. Something in it for everyone. Mm, Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Doc. um, Hey, it's been a bit of a gap but we're going to try and we're going to try and make our episodes a little more frequently uh, again, and um, hopefully we'll be able to do them in person again, one day. we uh, well, look,
0: can we just spend forty-five seconds on you know uh, on the, what the future holds? <laughs> but also, yeah. also what what we've what we've done in the past, maybe not uh, released because, like a few weeks ago, we actually watched. Black Widow with Scarlett Johansson, Mm -hmm. and we did a whole recording of it in your studio where you are now.
1: Here, with the foam in the background and the lights and the microphones and everything. And it it was- It was was looking so great. And then, (laughs) (laughs) And then I realised that uh, I hadn't set the microphone up properly and (laughs) what we were recording was the sound off of the laptop in the corner of the room. It was unusable. And it was so disappointing because it was a pretty good conversation, <laughs> I thought. Well, it was a good conversation. It was a pretty good
0: film, yeah. honestly, Black yeah. Widow. It was, it was great. So, we went to the cinema together. We had a few drinks. We came, we went back to the studio, half cut. And then we recorded in our new environment, which is where Baron is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we did this great episode
1: and then we stuffed up the audio. Um, uh, and look, now- I stuffed up the audio. And honestly, this is not the first time that we've... That we or I have stuffed up audio, like it's it's a bit of a recurring theme. So it is. Um, we need like a we definitely need like a a technician of some sort, someone who gets this stuff a bit more than we do, just around, mm. <laughs> you know, to make sure it happens. But anyway, down the I track, think, I think we're on the
0: case with that too. But the um, I think the the thing to look forward to is that as soon as this, our lockdown ends, um, Baron and myself will be in the studio in a a really cool little new environment and we'll we'll reboot
1: the podcast then in a way so stay tuned absolutely it's going to be fun that'll be fun okay doc another episode down so good to talk to you and uh (laughs) hey we'll we'll be back on here again soon see you soon baron all right catch ya